You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's pay-per-view after show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's pay-per-view after show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UFC AfterBuzz right here at AfterBuzz TV. My name is Chris Kloss, and what a stupendous occasion. And as I am dressed stupendously for the stupendous occasion, right here next to me, sitting in for Raven, is George Hermosa. Is that it? Hermosa. I thought we were going to be doing the show down on the beach, but this is George Hermosa. It's not Hermosa Beach. The lovely Daria Baronado is here in the studio. Our expert, our analyst, aficionado, Mr. J. Tan. Welcome back, sir. sir. And we are here on the May 25th edition of UFC AfterBuzz on AfterBuzz TV. And once again, fresh off the heels of a big show as we usually are here in the UFC AfterBuzz studio. I'm talking about UFC 173 on pay-per-view just a little shy of 24 hours ago. Right now, before we do that, I want to let everybody know that our in-studio, very special guest we want to welcome and thanks for coming in from around the MMA world. He is currently under... UFC contract and a former professional wrestler in his own right. I can't wait to touch on some of that. Mr. Josh Barnett, welcome, sir. No to inappropriate the touching. <laughs> and the wonderful. Yes. Only appropriate ones. Colleen Schneider. Right. City pro fighter in her own right. Professional uh, female fighter herself. I thought you were going to say that. former professional wrestler, but no. No, uh, unfortunately. Still just excited. Possibly future. Maybe, maybe future. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You know, the truth, I want to make a point, though. You're never a former professional wrestler. Yes. Present company included in my crappy 10 matches in, uh, up in the Valley many, many moons ago. You, you're, never a f- you're never a retired pro wrestler. You only go on hiatus. So should kind we like a introduce rock band. you as Jay Tan, the professional wrestler? You could do that. Would that do you justice? Yeah, it'll be a long time before my next match, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're Once a worker, always a worker. Yeah, right, Josh? I'm not retired. I'm not former as a professional wrestler. I'm mm-hmm. just not working at the moment. Not okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, I should just actually, I wouldn't even say I'm former because I still consider myself a professional wrestler. I'm just shooting instead of working. That's it. <laughs> I'm still right. a pro wrestler. In fact, awesome. uh, I, every time they, they send out an info sheet, I put style professional wrestling yeah. and then they go and they change it because they don't want it that up on, on the screen <laughs> I want to touch on a little bit of that later on we were talking you like earlier. to touch things a lot yeah, you're well, really you're really <laughs> touching guy you don't are you allowed with it I don't I don't I wouldn't be surprised if you weren't allowed within 50 feet of a school well um, especially with that bow tie yeah well that's, that's do you true. own a black windowless van uh, a white one, but thank you very much. <laughs> sure enough. Uh, right now, I know his pockets we'll, we'll, are full of candy. We'll get. Uh, we'll touch on that. We'll get no. into that a little later on Give as a well. Little tickle. Yeah, a little in the good right, spots. But right now, I want to recap. Last night, we're just over eleven thousand. We're on hand at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Witnessed the winning streak of Barrow. 
ends as TJ Dillashaw defeated Burrell, becoming the new bantamweight champion with a flurry of punches on the ground at 226 in the fifth round. And uh, this streak began in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Henan Burrell and TJ Dillashaw uh, headlined UFC 173. My own personal opinion, I would kind of call it blowout city, given mm. some of yeah, the other absolutely. undercard matches as well. Daniel Cormier defeating uh, Dan Henderson, putting him to sleep in round you know, three. When you said blowout city, I, I thought you were making a reference to somebody having a prolapsed anus. And yet I wasn't, I <laughs> assure you, folks. I mean, that would I cause wasn't. a lot of people to tap We're talking out. about the fights here, we Josh. We all know the topic of this we, show We now. need to be careful, <laughs> really very careful do. with our verbiage tonight, apparently. You know. um, so there was Can't that. see what and, I get called out on. Uh, you know, there, underneath that you, was uh, uh, Robbie your, Lawler. Your, your name sounds like a character on Game of Thrones, so I'm not going to say much. Daria? Daria, what's the last? Like Baratheon. I could be a Baratheon. Why not? You could be anything. Do you you could have be. Dragons? Yeah, I, if I there's do. dragons, you could be the queen of sea serpents. I mean, okay. choose it. And that's the oh, show, right. folks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Great to see you. We'll be back later. After Buzz, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next week's show. I'm not offended show. by my comments from him yet, so let's, let's keep it on <laughs> yeah. that note. Yet. Well, it, it was a fantastic night of fights. Um, yeah. You know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Just um, you know, the guys that won. I was about to say, uh, you know, Robbie Lawler as well, uh, defeating Jake mm-hmm. Ellenberger. Uh, yeah, also in the third round uh, by TKO. Um, the the winners just really dominated their opponents. Let's uh, talk. T- I mean, TJ Dillashaw. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but yeah. he came out, and I think his game plan. I think his motive going into this fight was. Just don't do anything normal with Hannah Brown. We he knows what to expect. He's fought so many great. So you're saying fighters. he had an abnormal game plan? He had an abnormal game plan. His game plan was to. I mean, he was bouncing around the entire time. It's like extra chromosome, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such an amazing performance. Like so everybody much movement. Can say performance. One of the best performances I've ever seen out of a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Like I preferred prepared. his work in Ka actually. <gasps> The Cirque du Soleil? Yes. That was a good show, actually. No, it was, was amazing. Good. He comes flying out of, like, this giant whale right across the stage. Was that Dillashaw? Or <laughs> no, it was, was Dillashaw, no. I mean, he doesn't really talk about it a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, I want to get into Probably that a, a good reason for on. that. Sure, yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't no, him. It was a sperm constant. whale, right? Yes, of course okay. it was. Oh, sperm yeah, whale. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. I'll be here when you want to talk about the fight. Yeah. Well, it, if you look at it from the three main events, um, the three major matches there, each fight uh, had a case of whoever, challenger, champion, didn't really matter. But uh, one fighter taking complete and utter control of the match and dictating mm-hmm. the other fighter completely reacting the entire time. Now, mm-hmm. each, yeah. each fighter had a different method of going about that. But what it really came down to was establishing control in the ring and then never getting it back. Right. So yeah. once you have somebody reacting, they start with reacting one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden they start reacting two-to-one three to one, four to one, they start mm-hmm. falling behind, falling behind, mm-hmm. and eventually it becomes a gap that it's, it's really hard to make the difference. The right. winners won mm-hmm. that psychological edge in <clears throat> early in the match and then just continued it, and uh, as you were saying, that for, for the guy on the losing I end, think that the, it goes downhill yeah, faster, doesn't the it? The winners had, had asked him a lot about, you know, I think you have issues with your mother, <laughs> and uh, you know, tell us about oh your fear of the dark. <laughs> well, look, one storyline to be sure, at least of the main event itself, T.J. Dillashaw, um, what I think is really fascinating and nice storybook ending to, to the match itself was that um, this was the last match that Dwayne Bang Ludwig, uh, the team alpha male head coach, um, his last match with that team, uh, for all intents and purposes now. Um, he'd been with them for about a year. Dwayne Ludwig is, uh, I'd say, 
uh, an early star of MMA, pioneer a little bit um, before the show. The the sport really got big. Um, he was in the mix and uh, retired not too long ago, and quickly became the head uh, head coach at Alpha Male, mm-hmm. which is uh, up in Sacramento, I believe. NorCal, at least. Sacktown. Sacktown? Okay. So um, Uriah Faber is there, Chad Money Mendez, Joe Benavidez, Joe B. Um, TJ Thrillishaw. TJ Thrillishaw. <laughs> this is a, a squad of really talented and tough, smaller weight fighters. And uh, Dwayne came in and, I don't know if he revamped the program, but he brought something to the team. Well, I think because the guys are a lot smaller, like, he didn't mm-hmm. need as big an area. So he could be right on top of it watching them There actually train. could be something to that. I, I wasn't there for practice days. But they had a great run in 2013. Um, the one thing that was always kind of the Achilles heel was that uh, when these guys went up for title matches, um, couldn't quite get it done. And, um, you know, for better or for worse... Uh, let me uh, get my notes right here. Chad Mendez had challenged uh, Jose Aldo. Um, Faber, Uriah Faber. Twice. Yeah, twice had challenged uh, um, our man Barrow, Henan Barrow. And uh, Joe B., Joe Benavides, challenged uh, Demetrius Johnson at 125. And, you know, it was a blowout year for those guys, except for those title matches. Now, here's one last match that Dwayne Ludwig is taking an alpha male guy to uh, to the show. To you know, to his brass ring opportunity, and he wins it. Huh. You know, right. it's a nice, nice, uh, great um, you know storybook ending yeah. there. I thought it was a little heartwarming. Right after the the fight, you see Dwayne Ludwig just come in and just hug mm-hmm. the crap yeah. out of Dillashaw. Right. Tears in his eyes. They, they didn't show TJ, but I'm sure there was tears in his eyes. I mean, it was just kind of like wow. Probably a lot of pheromones involved. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's a nice story there for you. But talking about another amazing fight of the night, we have Danielle Cormier uh, versus mm-hmm. Dan Henderson, Henderson. Mm-hmm. the Dans. Yeah. And, yeah. and Daniel I, won. <laughs> yeah, Daniel won. Who saw I, that? I knew the it. D-man. <laughs> I uh, like Barnett said it was a it was a clear victory. All three of those matches were clear victories. Um, it was a wrestling match. It was wrestler versus wrestler where. Clearly, Cormier had the mm. upper hand. I mean, yep. he took him down, and he stayed down with him, wore him out. I mean, there was no coming back. Henderson, Henderson. could not get out from no, under Cormier. That was That's the what, thing. Uh, Josh mentioned, he's like, he just can't get up. He doesn't know how to get up. And it's, it was true. Yeah. He just could not get out of that grip. Right. What do you think, Josh? <laughs> it was a very potent grip. Yeah. I, w- I would say it even exceeded Kung Fu grip. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe not vice grip, but approaching. Cormier was so slick with the way he took Henderson down, too. Henderson had nothing to stop it. Right, mm-hmm. right. We saw Couldn't the, the one uh, ankle trip on the way out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He took him down from behind, and it was just like Dan just kind of flawed back like this, and yeah. we were like, oh, my God. Hey, he had a, he had a nice uh, chair sit uh, to start the match off, turn the corner and pop his hips. Right. Uh, he had a good foot sweep. And then he had that single that he ran on Dan, and Dan thought he would jump up on uh, – it looked like he was jumping to either grab a double wrist lock or jumping to grab a front choke of some sort. And right. Cormier just elevated him, yeah. went with that it, put him down. But the him. biggest thing yeah. was that Cormier, um, someone had mentioned that the Cormier striking didn't look nearly as crisp. Okay. But I don't think that the cr- striking wasn't the game plan that at all. Was, yeah. No, it's because, yeah. you know, if you beat the crap out of Dan Henderson, he always knows he's got a right hand. Right. So don't give him the kind of opportunity – to be somewhere he feels he can win. Take and him somewhere where he can't, where he, he doesn't he feel no confident that he can win. To throw the and and uh, Cormier just out wrestled him. 
kept breaking his base, uh, staying high, heavy on top. I think Henderson tried to use too much jiu-jitsu. I think he tried to play jiu-jitsu off of his back, look for a jiu-jitsu-type sweep game. Or It's like, nah, it's not going to work with him. It's right. just you're, that's not who you are, and right. you're not the guy to use it. Now, he had a couple of submission attempts that, you know, bravo. I mean, I like to see the development of Dan overall as a martial artist over this, his career, but the wrong guy to mm-hmm. try and out-grapple off your back. Right, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> happening. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Do you see a difference in Daniel Cormier from when you fought him to now? Uh, Whether it be a progression it was about or... four years, no, two years ago? I don't know. Force. I mean, yeah, I mean, he looks a little, he looks crisper. He looks more, maybe somewhat more relaxed in the ring in some ways. More but, seasoned? Uh, but it's hard to say. Like, I don't know. I mean, no one's, no one's pushing him at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's pushed him but me. So it's hard to say. Right. Well, he'll get that opportunity soon, though. Soon, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. The, yeah, the mean, walkaway story is, uh, is Cormier challenging for, uh, hopefully challenging for the, the winner of, John Jones versus I'd like uh, to see Alexander it. Yeah, I mean, they did announce I, yeah. that. Uh, Who do you, you like know, in that one, Jay? Jones and uh, what? Jones and Gustafsson. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's a pick 'em. Um, I probably so go lean, for it. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> probably lean towards Jones. I think yeah. uh, Jones gained a little bit more confidence. Uh, certainly, a lot in their first fight, and then uh, afterwards against Teixeira. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, yeah, I think yeah. that even that. But I would say they're quite opposite in styles, Teixeira and and, uh, Gustafsson. I think the big tell for me is that when Gustafsson fought Jones the first time, he had him quitting in the ring but Mm. did not have the foresight or the the experience to see when an opponent's ready to go. And Mm. Jones, Jones may have said, you know, may have been ready to quit. But once that moment didn't happen, he just kept, he's like, well, I'm still here, so I'm going right. to keep going. Right. And Jones, his striking wasn't as crisp as Gustafson's, but I think a lot of people have overlooked the fact that his mixing up of techniques and cha- changing, so if he's not working well from this, from a orthodox lead, he switched to a southpaw. And so he found the only, ex- the, the only real good stuff that he found at distance was all from southpaw. So he just mm-hmm. went there. And unless you're going to make him pay for it in some way or uh, shut it down in such a way that you're, he's going to have to react, have to change his game plan, he's just going to keep doing it. And that is he scored a lot of success off the southpaw stance. And Gustafson never adjusted, but Jones adjusts. Mm-hmm. Jones adjusts. And that's a bit you – know, if you're getting thrashed going – with game A, if you can actually make a game B and a C and then root it back to A again, yeah. you can find yourself and an, uh, the opportunity to come back and take control of the fight and then you know take it away from your uh, opponent. But that's one of those things that John's really strong at, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, His ability to be multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he gets into a straight boxing match with, John, with Gustafson, he'll probably lose. Mm-hmm. But as he keeps everything all up and down and working all, every area, that's his opportunity. And plus, mm-hmm. Gustafson did not make adjustments. Jones made adjustments. Jones had to make adjustments, but he actually made them. Gustafson didn't make adjustments, and those were the only opportunities that Jones had to ever come back in that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with that said, I mean, that pretty much, a couple post-UFC notes, uh, yeah, they pretty much announced that fight for the end of August. Uh, Jones and Gustafson. Also, uh, Barrow and Dillashaw got fighting tonight. Anyone surprised? I didn't no. see the rest of the You fights. know what? I, <laughs> Not at all. I'd have to go back and, and think who it is. To me, it's an interesting conversation about what is fight of the night. Mm-hmm. That was certainly one of the most exciting ones there. Um, to me, I like to think fight of the night. 
ideally is what's the closest one? What's the one that gets both fans where there's no loser at all? You know, Um, that one, it was clearly one sided inside the cage. Fans were going nuts. And maybe that's, you know, the the biggest criteria compared to the other ones. Um, As we said, you know, the the top three matches of of the show were. It was very decisive who won, you know, and all of them were finishes in in the later rounds. Um, I can I can see that as as uh, match of the night, but uh, you know there were so, some other good ones uh, back and forth as well. Really um, quick, though. real quick, I just want to tell. Uh, why don't you guys tell us what you think about fight of the night on our Twitter? Uh, I want to remind you guys good listening idea. to follow AfterBuzz TV on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter nice. handle is at AfterBuzz TV. Uh, Twitter is very interactive, so give us a follow. I want to touch really quick on the first match. I know we were touching Jamie on the main Varner events. and yes. James Kraus. Yeah. What Ouch. the hell? I mean, we all know what happened, but wow. Talk about a guy for this Fighting Spirit Award. Yes. You know, performance. What I heart, don't think it was, I mean, I mean yeah. of the year. It was a struggle to watch. Yeah. I didn't like watching yeah. that. But what, what determination, what heart, and not only just staying in the fight, but still on the offense, lunging at his being opponent. Well, let's explain still what happened being competitive. to our yeah. viewers. Um, Please. Go ahead. Well, Jamie Varner broke his uh, ankle, it seems, in the first Back round. In the first the two steam. minutes. It, we pretty much confirmed it, right? I think the, the first, first two minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah first was, two minutes. Um, broke his ankle in this match <clears throat> against James Krause. They were standing quite a bit. Um, and Jamie just sucked it up and yeah. went through for the rest of to the... say the uh, least. The rest of the round. And not only did he suck it up and, and go through, but... You know, he pushed the pace as much as he could. The guy shot for a takedown. He shot for a takedown yeah, yeah. with a broken ankle. His Not ankle was, uh, yeah. was jacked up, I believe. Kraus, uh, we said that Kraus uh, landed on his ankle or something. Uh, 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 what I read was that checked he checked, checked, a, he yeah. checked yeah. Mark Kraus's kicks and it caught him right in the ankle. Right in the yeah, ankle. And, and I remember seeing when he went down, Kraus ended up in top position. You could see the ankle swell yeah. up. It was, oh, was, yeah. I'm not good at picking out these things, but I saw this thing blatantly. You know, and, 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 this was, and this was before a few of the times he got back up mm-hmm. and... And, and it wasn't so much Varner, it was or uh, Kraus, but it was his just falling down on himself, you yeah. know, Every repeatedly. Step he took, he fell yeah. on the, on the So hurt. basically, yeah. what we're saying is we watch. saw the real life equivalent of a one legged man in an ass kicking contest. <laughs> and, and he did better than we thought. Out. Yeah, no, he, he can <laughs> hang in there a bit, but he it, had heart. Yep. He had heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then they stopped it, yeah. uh, it, called it a TKO yeah. after the first round. Definitely. Which, Honorable mention for uh, for Jamie Varner. Shout out to yeah. you and yeah, yeah, yeah. hope you heal fast. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't consider that a good loss or a good win. Um, I don't know that his opponent it's just was sort too of, happy. Yeah, I, well, I don't. I wouldn't say that uh, Krause's strategy was specifically to throw a kick to dislocate mm-hmm. the air, whatever you know. So I mean, if if it was. I mean, if he if he could, I'm saying if that what could be a part of his strategy, and then then he could and that had set that up, it'd be one thing. But it just was what happened. It was and, a big accident, uh, yeah. But cue the Pee Wee Herman. I meant to do that. And yeah, then, <laughs> well, it just it's just the way the ball bounced this time. Yeah. And there were a couple times a couple times in the match where Kraus went after the injury, and you were kind of cringing. But like a famous. Uh, Professional wrestling announcer once said, Jesse Ventura, when you see the injury, you got to seize the opportunity. I'm going to seize this opportunity now and talk about your professional wrestling career, Mr. Nice Barnett. Segway. <laughs> um, you, you, um, you are one of the guys, and we had one in here uh, a few shows ago in Don Fry, who you actually wrestled, if I'm not mistaken, I did. I in had Japan. A Fry, yeah. And he uh, was one of the others that has transitioned from MMA to pro wrestling and back and forth. And wanted to touch on you. Talk about your professional wrestling. I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> Have you seen Can me? Can you blame me? <laughs> yeah, I see that coming. I see you, man. 
But but let's let's uh, talk about your professional wrestling career, how you got into the industry, professional wrestling industry, and where was your love as a child uh, growing up? Was your love for MMA more or for professional wrestling more, or these two different animals to you, so to speak? I'll be honest. With such a lead-in for a question like that, I just wanted to. My initial instinct was the Andy Kaufman something and just uh, F this it. whole thing up Ditto. and just give you nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you worked so need, hard. Do you need me to toss the water here, Josh? <laughs> but, uh, you want to do this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Juan, how do you – I mean, there was no MMA as a kid. That's true. That well, boxing, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Not, a, not an opportunity. Didn't, didn't right. really hardly right. exist when I started fighting. Yeah. So um, – we well, you were, throw that right out. I was uh, you were an aggressive one, though. I mean, uh, you know, reading reading about your background, your, and knowing uh, a bit about watch your tone there, Tan. <laughs> See, okay, this is what we work with here. <laughs> um, but you gotta played, watch the verbiage, man. Gotta yeah. watch the verbiage. Played football uh, in college, I believe. Athlete? No, and no, no. What was it? Was it high school then? Hi. <laughs> Damn you, Wikipedia! I'm done with you! Let me ask you this. Where was your heart? Uh, Just to the left of the breastbone. (laughs) (laughs) Right about here. I'm still there, I think. When was your first fight? Uh, 19 years old. When was the first fight that you got paid for? Uh, 24 years old. uh, 21. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. As uh, Super Brawl. That's right, T.J. Thompson in Hawaii. Uh, Super Bowl thirteen. That was, was the first time I ever made money for a fight. All right, that was, okay. that was a big promotion back when in the I was early say, days. You wrestled for WCW Super Brawl. What? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> These references that are going no. way over the. I wish I could have fought in the Omni. I do. Oh, I wish I could have fought in the Omni. The Omni yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Christmas night. Well, I did. I did work the metal lands though. There you go, man. No uh, Madison Square Garden. I was going to say not yet. No, Q-ing no Madison out. Square not Garden. No, uh, not yet. What was the uh, what was the the in Texas? What was that? The, uh, the Sportatorium? Sportatorium. Sportatorium. Yeah. World yeah. class championship wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved professional wrestling growing up. I was a huge fan of the WWF. Uh, I remember watch. I remember, you know, when they had Saturday Night's main event on NBC at one point. I remember watching Macho Man win his Intercontinental Belt. I remember a lot, I remember when Demolition came on the scene, and I used to watch. NWA all the time as well. And then when I could find AWA, I'd watch yeah. that. So yeah. um, wrestling was huge to me. It was a, uh, a ton of people that just, I don't, it all sunk in so heavy and so quick. I loved it. I loved the performance. I loved the characters. And uh, I remember that's when I first got introduced to Japanese wrestlers was through NWA. And actually, I should say WCW when they had to start guys come over there. And, right. well, I guess yeah. no, WWF, too, because a little bit, yeah. uh, there was the Orient Express. Oh. Sure and there was, was. Muto, Keiji Muto. Sure. Sure. And uh, Muto the Jumping Bomb Angels. Ah, jumping, jumping Bomb. bomb. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they were badass. go further on your wrestling, I want to introduce... <laughs> Off the rails. Reintroduce Colleen Schneider <laughs> um, and why the two of you are sitting on a couch next to each other, because I'm sure you guys are confused. Um, Colleen Schneider is a professional female martial artist who is training with Josh Barnett at a gym in... Uh, Southern Fullerton. California, CSW. CSW. Combat Submission Wrestling. Combat Submission Wrestling. Shout out to Eric Paulson and Ben Jones, Jack May. All you great guys out there. <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the relationship between the two of you. Uh, Josh Barnett has a thing, it seems, for training female athletes. He's helped quite a few over over time. Um, mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler being one of them. She's kind of a veteran of women's MMA, so to speak. Kind of. She is 
a veteran of women's MMA. You having her heyday as well. Absolutely. I think you quoted uh, saying she was one of the best fighters you've ever dealt with. Absolutely. Uh, good. Do you want to go what? on that? Talk about the connection with you and female wrestling. What is or it? In <laughs> fighting, rather. Uh, I remember being a high school wrestler, and we had these two girls try out for our team, and they made it. But I remember them talking about what a struggle it was just to get to the point to where they wanted to get on the mat. But even at administration, <laughs> everyone wanted to create as many opportunities for them to say, "You, oh, okay, well, you know what, I rescind. They wanted to give them every out they could, and it wasn't just a matter of, well, you know, you don't have to do this. It was, this is how horrible this is going to be. This is, it was, they tried to bully them in a way to keep wow. them from wow. even doing it. And by the way, the admin were women. So, uh, they just, they, they, they poo pooed on it so hard, but these, these two girls wanted to do it. Mm. And, uh, they got out there and they did the best they could. They, they were not phenomenal wrestlers, and they, right. and that's fine, but they, they how won many some times matches. Did you beat them? Uh, you know, I, the funny thing was that to me, the fact that they really, He's really, not really up with the number, which means that he didn't <laughs> Just saying, folks, uh, they, uh, they, that they want to do it so bad that they mm -hmm. would endure whatever crap they had to go to, to get there. Right. And because everybody was going to treat them in a marginalized way, I looked at it like, well, they're here. If they're here and they want it, then they aren't marginalized They're They need to be given the same opportunity as anybody else. And nobody knows what they could do with their ability and talents and their determination unless you give them the same opportunity as you give to somebody else. Right. If anything, I, I felt it was more unfortunate that there wasn't enough women that they could all wrestle against uh, their peers sure. instead of having to deal with this, the, the weird stigmas and everything that comes with having to wrestle against men. But mm -hmm. uh, I thought there was no reason that they should be excluded. And so it, it, I felt the same when it came to fighting and a great athlete's a great athlete. It doesn't know gender. And uh, to to create a scenario where they aren't allowed to to flourish, uh, especially when the possibility exists, uh, it's, just, it's just BS. You know, in fact, uh, instead of Title IX adding more women's golf programs or, or sports that essentially nobody who's any good even plays mm -hmm. in college. I mean, yeah. if they're any good, they play them as a pro. <clears throat> Right. So instead of adding ridiculous programs for sports that don't really do that much for a college, uh, you know, give them the chance. Just add Focus women's wrestling. Focus on the core ones. Right. Add, add women's wrestling. Give women right. a chance to wrestle. So you did you? Can just I can I just say, I'm sorry really yeah, quick. Ahead. This is exactly what Don Fry said about women's MMA. Exactly. Is it? No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, no way. That's no, no, kind not of the opposite. 180. Yeah. So, so to well, some funny. of what he says is not entirely untrue. It's just a bit Don fried up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had his own stigmas. But anyway, let's talk about Josh Barnett because you're much more enjoyable. I thought. Well, well, hold on. I thought we want to talk about Colleen Schneider. <laughs> no, we do. I want to get into how the two of you started training together. So uh, <clears throat> Josh uh, had one of his fighters beat me up. No, I, I did um, <laughs> the ultimate the ultimate fighter the first season with women last oh, year, well. and in the elimination fight, I fought Shayna Baszler, okay. who Josh has trained. And um, man, when they when they called that draw, my heart just kind of jumped out. I was like, she, you know, she was favored to win the whole thing. Like I've looked up mm -hmm. to her as a fighter. She she's awesome. Um, so he was there to support her, coach her. We fought. She armbarred me mm -hmm. in the elimination fight, so uh, she made it on the house. But uh, and then we we connected after that. I, had gone out, trained with him a few times, and then uh, 
moved to LA and training it. That's where you guys Josh. connected originally was the the tough tryouts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. Um, you'd been training for several years prior to that. I even met her, well, sort of once before. She was at a grappling tournament. Yeah. And I had Sophie Baggerdie there to compete. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking over. I see this girl. I'm like, she looks kind of familiar. But man, she does not look like she wants to be dealt with, not talked to, not. She was just <laughs> so in a zone. I just remember, like she was, yeah, nothing, nothing to be said. There was not going to be any kind of conversation. I just remember looking and going, "I hope she's not in Sophie's weight class because that's a big ass bitch." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! She was. She was. She looked like she could. Take like that as a compliment. If, 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 if she had managed in the good way, if yeah. she had managed to get into a weight class that was low enough, I'm like, that's that's messed up. <laughs> she looked like place. she could just pull the arm right off of whoever her opponent was. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you weigh that much? Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, okay. Big, yeah. Oh, she's not. Oh, okay. Whew. Not wrestling her. Thank goodness. <laughs> so after the, the, the season was over, you began training with Josh and Shayna? Yeah, after I moved out here, um, mm-hmm. Shayna moved out to L.A. as well. And, okay. uh, About time. Yeah. <laughs> Long awaited, I'm assuming. They have, you know, she's part of the Four Horsewomen with Shayna, right. Marina, Jessamine, and Rhonda. And then um, Shayna, Marina, and Jessamine will come out to, to CSW, train with them there. Um meet up at tap out as well so they're fantastic to work awesome with. awesome training partners, everybody has I'm such sure. different kind of strengths and backgrounds and feeds off each other really well it's like it's a good dynamic great training absolutely was it a thing in general josh that or or did it just happen organically going after women to be the coach the head coach and trainer you got Megumi Megumi. no it was, just, it was just it was organic yeah. it just you come across people i only train people that i a i think uh, are worthwhile to be worked with. And mm-hmm. I don't mean just athletically how much talent they have, how far they can take it. I mean, what kind of person are they? What kind of, uh, you know, what is the, what kind of integrity do they have? And I, I don't do this for a business. Is there something going to happen? Nothing's going to happen except you're going to talk and we're going to listen. Uh, I, I don't Go do ahead, this Josh. as a uh, business endeavor because <laughs> I would be broke if I tried to make any money off of this. There'd be, there's no, and it's really, it's all personal. It's a personal interest, and I don't. What are the qualities that you look for? I mean, I know some of the guys that you've got. Well, you have to be win. an honest person. You have to have, you know, your heart in the right place. You have to be mm-hmm. serious about how how much this means to you and how how dedicated you are to getting it done. Um, you have to do it for the love, and you have to be someone that's respectful of of your coaches and of you know the people working with you. And and you don't take on just a coach mentality you take on a lot more than that so you know you know people like victor henry is like my little brother yeah you know, i look right. out for him and not just as an athlete because and being an athlete is only part of his life he's got a whole bunch of other things that he has to live with and the same as anybody else mm-hmm. so you have to address and, and and take care of those as well and help them when, when needed so you're not helping somebody just become an athlete you're helping somebody try to achieve the life that they want to live so mm. across those uh, along those years of meeting people, I'd come across people like Mugumi Fuji, who is an amazing person in addition to an amazing athlete. Uh, and then Janelle Marquez, I'd known for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I And then people, you end up meeting people here and there and coming into the fold and leaving. And so I, I taught Hitomi Akano her first ever boxing class. Wow. wow. I, uh, you know, I used to work with Saka Shiota. I cornered her at the Mundials when she mm-hmm. took second she took, uh, and, and some other times before that. I'd been trained Janelle Marquez. I used to work with a female kickboxer, Roxy Richardson. I worked with uh, 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 Sophie Baggerdie. Yeah. Uh, I tr- coached, uh, I trained um, 
uh, Felice Herrig for a mm -hmm. fight in Bellator. She okay. was out in Fullerton training with us for that. Uh, I worked with a lot of different people, but it was just more about athletes and the people that they were and how bad they wanted it. Yeah, there are there are plenty of people in the sport and coaches even that that don't have Josh's attitude that are that have the attitude of you know as a woman you're you're never going to be as good as these guys you're never going to be as skilled you're never right. going to just you're at a lower level as a fighter a glass ceiling yeah, yeah. so part of the reason I think that he's ended up training women <clears throat> is that he doesn't have that attitude so that's a good thing to to find and train under and help. Grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't expect less out of a woman than I do out of a man. I expect you to do the techniques just as well, to do to give the same effort and practice. Now, I, I may understand that if you're a woman and, and it's a guy, like he's a guy and you're a girl, and I understand the differences that can come with that. But that doesn't mean that you can't perform. That doesn't mean that that what's expected of you is less. Mm -hmm. You know, I make an I I'm, I even if girl and guy, there's. Guy of one weight class, guy of a different weight class. There's all kinds of exceptions to everything that comes with, oh, this guy, he's, his hip's bothering him. So, I mean, you always have to make adjustments no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I don't make adjustments based on gender. I make adjustments based on the athlete. I'm going to make an adjustment here content-wise. We're going to talk about reminding you guys to uh, get on iTunes. Look for us, After Buzz. T uh, sorry, UFC After Buzz. Uh, look us up there in the, the search section. Type us in and uh, check us out. And leave comments, leave stars. The more stars that we get, the more stars we get here. Now also, make sure to, to go on that, that AfterBuzz Twitter and say, hey, yay or nay, have the UFC AfterBuzz uh, the, the, the app on when you go to find it on iTunes. Should it have J-Tan's face grimacing with a couple of uh, with fists up or not? Like I really this. think that that would help so much. I really think that that would be the best. Can, can, you loan him, can you loan him those spikes too? Oh, easily. Yeah, 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 yeah just, yeah. just yeah. Josh is going to be the guy to inspire that, uh, that look, that because there's going to be his face right here as well. Yes. It's, it's going to be pretty But you know what? There's, me. there's not enough room on that icon for that melon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll size it down or something. Yeah. At least. Um, talk about your... Must I? <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about the... Uh, your... When you first got into the sport, you, success at an early age, former UFC champion... Um, the sport was still growing a little bit in its infancy, mm -hmm. and uh, you you won the championship, uh, and then went over to Japan. You yeah. were a big superstar in Japan, uh, MMA and wrestling, uh, for several years. When the UFC and MMA really started to break here, now you've been able to come back and you've been in the limelight in the U.S. scene for about four years. But talk about uh, those early days. You know, having fame at an early <laughs> age, and you know. Uh Fame doesn't matter. Yeah. Fame, fame's Success, bullshit. rather. <laughs> uh, yeah, winning fights and winning titles and things like that is great. Uh, but overall, the, and, and, you know, nowadays you can make more money. There's more, there's more you can use of your notoriety within mm -hmm. uh, the public hemisphere to, to go out and do other stuff. So I am very grateful for that uh, and using MMA um, not just as my own personal uh, – uh, personal, you know, my, my sport and thing, something yeah. I love and my own, you know, uh, quest. Yeah, but uh, I can use it to open the doors to other things. Mm -hmm. And uh, because honestly, it's all entertainment. It's all linked to something else. Mm -hmm. You right. need eyeballs. You need to be able to work a camera and a mic and do different things and be the some sort of 
aspect, uh, some, some some sort of thing of interest to the people that are uh, that are watching. Yeah. Uh, but from a fighting standpoint, it was way better before. It was way <laughs> really? much. Huh. Yeah, it was better. Well, it was so? less restrictive. It okay. was more yeah. to the point and less less BS. Less people trying mm-hmm. to manage their careers. Less mm-hmm. people. Right. Um, Giving you know, really less being hung up. Would you say? Well, less corporate, Commercial. less less commercialized, less hung up on on things that don't really matter. The only thing that they were hung up on was how good could you fight? Right. What did you bring to the ring? What kind of fighter were you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's not necessarily like that now. This is one of the core things. About there was you. no gaming of the system either. Right. You know, it wasn't yeah. like I've got, I've got three rounds. If I can, if I take this guy down enough, and I do, if like okay, well, if I'm ahead right, right now, then this is how yeah. I can know. It's so premeditated no. now. Yeah, none of that Absolutely. didn't exist. The other day on, wow. on online, they posted a list of the original Ultimate Fighting rules, and it was like ten things. Yeah, and I think one was like written by Art Davies. Eye gou- yeah, written by no, Art no Davies. Eye gouging, no eye gouging. No fish hooking below the belt. Really simple. Nope. No, 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 below the belt was legal. Yeah, below the belt was there was a gentleman's agreement that that's right. They yes, wouldn't, that's but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you could pull hair. Yep. You could pull. It was no biting, no eye gouging, uh, no fish hooking, no fish hooking, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really that was about it. Yeah, yeah. and then, then they Two added rounds. no headbutts. They added yeah. behind no, no twelve to six. So that's, that's way, way, way there were twelve to six. You know what twelve to six came from? You know one of the last fights twelve to six elbows were actually allowed was my first fight in UFC. Really, Dan McGee. Gan McGee was throwing twelve to sixes and he was missing. So, uh, but uh, they they had taken out. They eventually took out twelve to sixes and knees to a downed opponent, right? Uh, right. Because of Gan McGee wrecking guys in New Jersey. Hmm. So it was Jersey that, that made that call. I was one of the stricter states with yeah. the state athletic. Well, it was one of the only states would actually it would allow. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. New, uh, Vegas wouldn't do it. Uh, a lot of lot. Of, so when I was fighting in the UFC, it was. Really on on its last legs. Mm-hmm. So when the time came for the opportunity to go to Japan, yeah. uh, it was a no brainer. Like that was the place to be if you wanted to fight the best guys out there. If you wanted to, right. I mean, not to say that Randy wasn't one of the best guys back then because he certainly Randy was. Couture. But Randy was. I mean, there was Randy, there was Pedro, and there wasn't a whole lot That's else. You know, but Pride was drawing people from all over the world. You never yeah. knew where they were going to find some. You know. Bit more of the wild, wild, crazy-eyed, and... you know, long-fanged freak out of the, right. you know, the deepest, darkest jungle somewhere, and <laughs> Zulu you know, whoever, Akeem, you know, yeah. they were looking now, for something. The, think... the Akeem, yes, yes. <laughs> the deepest, darkest Africa. Yeah. yeah, there's so much more diversity to the sport now, though. I mean, back then we'd see a lot of brawlers. Uh, a lot of... I would not say there's a lot. I would say there's more of a style now. Actually, there's a lot less diversity of the sport now. Really? It's it's mm-hmm. all kickboxers that wrestle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I think there's diversity there's, at least there's enough. There's more styles now than there were then. No, they, no now no. MMA itself is a style. Right. Back yeah, then, it was literally just a particular martial art. Everybody trains. But diversity okay. in so people from around the world. styles now. Sorry. God, no, no, it's just the UFC is just the only game anymore. So mm-hmm. right. you, you go where the money is. So Pride was was actively searching people around the world. And I, I would say the UFC is is. is has to also just be as likely to be looking for other, but UFC is the big show. So yeah, right. if you build it, they will come. Right. And in this case, you know, UFC is the place to be. They're going to go there. Yeah. As a setup, we've talked a little bit in the past about Pride, the history of it, and how it was different from the UFC. It was a different era um, in Japanese combat sports in general. Yeah, you know, it really mainstream. started to go downhill when they hired you. Had, no, no, it already was, Barnett, It already was. I'm not the stinky kid of MMA, Okay. <laughs> 
Enough of that. But can I? Look, he's just a general run-of-the-mill stinky kid. <laughs> I can't win as, here. As far as far as pro wrestling and MMA, we've asked like Don Fry, for example, and asked a few others, and some that do both think that it's a natural transition. So, talking to Don Fry, for example, you he said you should said? either pick one or pick the other. And and to do both was a mistake. He never, in retrospect, he, he I think, said, would quote, never would have done it. I'm the only one that can make the proper okay, transformation. Okay, well, that's another quote. If you said that about everything we talked well, about. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's Don Fry. Yeah. If he gives any other answer, you should kick him out of the, the yeah, studio. No, not being then it's his twin brother. It's not really him. It's <laughs> no, I mean, there are people that could do both. I'm one of the few that can do both. But no, most shooters can't work. In fact, I would yeah. say it's more likely you could get a worker that could shoot than a shooter that can work. And most guys that they, I've seen people. Let's bring it down for a second, just to be sure. Oh, work, yeah. pro wrestling, fake, predetermined out, word. predetermined yes. outcome. You're working, real, real MMA. You're straight shooting. You're by the book, not by the books, but straight yes. shooting. You well, think when it, you, you say most shooters can't work? Is that because you've seen a lot of fighters yes. try and transition? I've to seen pro fighters try to. I've even seen fighters just try and get on in front of a microphone and yeah. say something. You're like, right. whoa! Oh, yeah. Even after yeah. the fight, you're that so two horrible. Is like... You have no concept of what it means yeah. to 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 be in front of an to audience and just and then be here. Let yourself show yeah. who you yeah. are and actually interact with be mm-hmm. be aware of what's going on yeah. at, right. at that yeah. moment. That, so with, so at that mic work though, was it was it natural for you to kinda have yes. that personality? It was natural. I just you know what Especially I Especially growing care. up with it. Growing up with it. You you got it as a kid, how how it worked and yeah, but it didn't come it wasn't I didn't do anything growing up that allowed me to have that ability. I just decided that I if you're going to give me a camera, this is my 15 minutes, and every time it would be mine. I don't care who's behind it, who's in front of it. Who right. I, This is when it's, when I'm yeah. here, it's mine. Right. So, therefore, no matter how stupid I sound or whatever, like, who cares? There's nothing that can be done about it. Just I, it, what's the worst that could happen doesn't really matter in the end to the, in the, the grand scheme of my life as a whole. So, right. just – let it all yeah. out. I think Kenny that was Florin. one of the big things that Kenny really... Kenny Florence had the same thing, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all have. Rich Franklin, Kenny Florence, they mm-hmm. all said the same thing when mm-hmm. they came in here is that you're creating... But Josh it. was able to make it work, especially because uh, in Japan, you know, as being the big, blonde, yeah. American tall, boy, um, yeah. good-looking American boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. You also... When you got on the mic, you would show yourself. The fans loved you. They wanted well, I, to like I knew you. what they were into also. I mean, yeah. we had some commonality in that I, I do enjoy a lot of ap- uh, aspects of Japanese. <laughs> a lot of aspects of Japanese culture, mm-hmm. uh, pop culture, and even historical culture. So I could go out there and I spoke Japanese okay. And mm-hmm. I could throw out stuff in Japanese. I could talk about the things that related to Japanese people, and especially to the nerd otaku culture, yeah. and uh, they 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 ate it up. They love it. They're like, wow, this kid came from all the way with, with anywhere that isn't Japan, so we really don't give a crap. <laughs> right. So whatever isn't Japan is essentially the Dark Ages <laughs> to, to a lot of the, uh, the Japanese folks. So, but they're like, but he knows all about our stuff. He knows mm-hmm. all about our our uh, old. Um, Tokusatsu stuff and uh, you know our Daikiki programs and and anime and, and manga and yeah. wow, how does this guy know all this stuff? Right. You're I'm a big sure subculture. Like us, round eyes. We like we can find, <laughs> we can get into it too. We like comic books. <laughs> yeah, we like video games too. You enjoy yeah. being a face or a heel? Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't uh, matter. No, okay. I, in fact, I don't even try to aim for one or the mm. other. Although in Japan, I'm really uh, I'm a face. Okay. Mm. Over here, 
I would say I'm more of a, an anti-hero than anything. Well, maybe I'm a heel. I don't know. I don't really give a shit. If I'm getting you to react, then that's what that's I right, am. Yeah, yeah. Explain that. So, Do you have a favorite pro wrestling match that you were in? What? That I was in? Yeah. Uh, my last match in IG or in uh, that IGF uh, Dynamite combination show that we did, uh, God, I think that was like two, three years ago, when I wrestled uh, Hideki Suzuki. That was a really fun one. Uh, not only because we did it in a shoot ring with, it was hard as hell, but, uh, it was because we're doing this, this on a, on just an almost all shoot show, uh, dynamite, mm-hmm. New Year's Eve MMA stuff. That's a big uh, tradition. We Japan. had to, yeah. uh, I yeah. wanted to make it a more catch and I mean, it was a strong style slash shoot style slash, you know, catch match. I mean, it was a lot of groundwork, a lot of very subtle type stuff, but it, it got the crowd Got mm-hmm. them up, and you know we ended on some big stuff, but not a lot of high spots. wasn't very flashy and gimmicky. It was just straight to the point, and uh, you know I like that. I, and honestly, there wasn't much called out. We just went out there. We didn't mm-hmm. build a whole match. I just said, "Oh, here's a couple turnaround points. Here's a couple whatever. Just go." You and Le- just you play and it Jerome LeBanner. That was a fun one as well. That was fun. But see, now that's an opposite match where I'm going. Well, here, you know, if you feel things out, go ahead and do this. But in general. Here's our match, so mm-hmm. you don't okay. you don't have to think too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to give you some things, but you know, having somebody, it's tough to. Most people don't work just by feel anymore, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's tough to when you get the opportunity to work with someone who can just go by feel. That's yeah. that's when you can really that's really sign work of show the art. Yeah. Be- before we get your thoughts on the, on the, your thoughts of the future of UFC, I want to let everybody know that uh, after Buzz TV, we, there's an app. On your mobile device, search AfterBuzz TV and download the app for free. Everything that is on the website is on the app. You can listen and or watch everything from AfterBuzz on your phone. Got that, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On your phone. <laughs> yeah. So I think the app's down right now. Oh. But it'll be back. No. It'll be back. It'll be back. Nope. I just, have, could, did you know, have you ever downloaded any apps on your phone? Never. No? No, I don't even know what that is. You can try it afterwards. Cool. So what are your it's thoughts on the, on the future of the UFC? Uh, I'm. I think it's highly dependent on their relationship with Fox. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fox Sports. Obviously, that's the one of the kings. You know, in in TV, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of. You'll never see the exposure. UFC fail. If if there's ever any, it's either just gonna succeed, or they're gonna sell it off. That's the way I think it goes. So I mean, you can't see that happening, though, can you? Ah, uh, you know, I guess it really just depends on how. How much they want the the ego of having the company because that's hmm, really all it yeah. is. I mean, they they sell it off; they'll make their money, and they've already sure. made money. So it's really it's a it's an ego. But that's thing. the thing; they've already got money, so they keep it for as long as they want. And but I mean, the, if it, if it declines, then do you run it into the ground until it dies, or do you just or do you just sell it? Or I can't think that those guys would run. We're it talking about the, the Fertitas and Dana White. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. The it's got nothing to do with them. It it's got the nothing to do with them. No, I'm saying if pop, popular. Pop culture, um, popular uh, opinion and interest wanes. I mean, mm-hmm. everything goes in cycles. But I, I mean, yeah. right now it's doing. It's. I mean, it's. It's on Fox. It's. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're having their pay per views. They've got right. a lot of fighters under contract. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, when you ask about what's the future, I mean, they're really the future of the UFC is exactly as what it's doing right now. Mm. So right. I, it's not a company that has a lot of uh, um, change. Well, I yeah. think it's highly dependent on its stars at the moment. So Who I, are they? Jones. 
Barnett. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was like, uh, I was curious. It was coming, it who was, was I didn't want to be the guy to say Josh Barnett, but because I know I'm already in the doghouse. But yeah, no, I just I'm just asking you, just as a just as a just, just generally, is one of my favorite. But you said stars. I think he's a star. You, plural. Oh, you you'd like Ronda me is to, a star. Yeah, Ron uh, Rousey. Uriah a has star. been to yeah. to a large extent. Um, I mean, I think they're in a transitional period now with GSP and Anderson Silva out. Yeah, a little well, bit. that's yeah. what I was referring to. It's, it's a to, bad sign just for me to right um. Now for at him. Right, and <laughs> that's the point he's making is that there's hesitation. Right, like, who are their stars right yeah. now? Yeah, well, it's okay. certainly more prolific than than ever before. Right. Well, they have a uh, like I said. I think it's highly dependent on Fox because that's mm-hmm. a really powerful vehicle mm-hmm. for anybody. Uh, and any anything that you're trying to even I don't mean just Fox Sports I mean it's Fo- a the, Fox the whole brand. Yeah. Right. Brand. you can you can do a lot with it yeah before we sign off I want to thank both of you Josh Barnett Colleen Colleen Schneider for being in here and at Colleen fights on Twitter yeah please and, and then I'm uh, at, at Josh, Josh L Barnett. Barnett and and one favor if you do when you do return to pro wrestling and you're back in Japan bring back the machines the <laughs> machines yeah. we need a How about the baby blonde, face machine. yeah we'll have uh, <laughs> blonde hair sticking out of the we'll have we'll have, uh, we'll have a baby face machine we'll have uh, adequate machine we'll have mediocre machine <laughs> thoroughbred machine thoroughbred machine go. that'll mm-hmm. be the only one we'll that does anything worth a damn I'm gonna I'm <laughs> you, have, you have a fight coming up I wanna I yes. wanna I do I have two things coming up. I have a catch wrestling match at UCLA on June 7th, and I have an MMA fight for Showdown Fights in Orem, Utah on June 28th. Showdown Fights and Catch Wrestling Alliance. And we will be back here right here in the AfterBuzz studio Tuesday, June 3rd, a very special Tuesday edition Uh show. And a very special guest will be here as well. Uh, let's get our plugs in here. (laughs) Uh, Coming very soon, the Chris Claus Show. Stay tuned. Feel free to Uh send questions, comments, show topics. And at questions at chriskloss.com. Also, check out the LA Lightning, the D League professional basketball t- uh, team for the NBA. I'll be doing color commentary for them. LALightning.net. Woo. Follow me on Twitter at ghermosa, at ghermosa on Twitter. Daria? You can follow me on Twitter at DariaB28. Guys, look, this is your last chance. University of MMA Fight Night 7 goes That's down right. a week from today at this very moment. Demand your Shohei. Yeah. There are some exciting amateur fights, guys. Look out for Shohei Yamamoto and uh, plenty others. We've got some fantastic matches. Uh, tickets are available at uofmma.com. Mom, the key is under the LA third. Live. <laughs> LA Live. Yep, yeah. downtown LA. Mom, the key is under the third flower pot from the right-hand side. Oh, gosh. I'll see you later. Yeah, oh, U of MMA. <laughs> Great show. Don't pass it up. And you know what? I say go. I like general admission best because you can just finag me. Just you're You're mingling with all these fight fans. You're having such. You got a beer in your hand. It's just. It's such a party. It's such a great show. I appreciate. I love going there. I'll be there. I love going there. there. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.